today on the Craft Room Podcast, let's talk about ideas for how to gift a crafter. This is episode 24. Welcome to the Craft Room Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Lewis, professional crafter, craft teacher, and all-round craft enthusiast. This podcast will help you get great value from your craft supplies and perhaps help you discover new techniques, ideas, and products to take your crafting to the next level. There is so much craft to talk about, so let's dive right in. Hello, welcome to the Craft Room Podcast. I am so glad that you are joining me today. And if this is your first time here, a very special welcome to you. I'm so glad you're here. We are going to be talking today about ideas for gifting a crafter. And whether you are a crafter or somebody has just handed you their phone with this episode and said, hey, you should listen to this. I hope I can help you with some ideas. Now, last month, the Craft Room Podcast had its first birthday and I had my somethings birthday. And that started me thinking about how tricky it can be to buy for crafters sometimes. Then the coronavirus became a pandemic and I found myself sending cards and little gifts to people to brighten their day. And maybe I bought myself some little gifts as well. And then I remembered during the time we had a blackout not long ago, while I was looking for a book to read, I I thought I would clear out the bookshelf and I came across a rather old book called The Five Love Languages. It's by a guy called Gary Chapman and it's a relationship book. It got me thinking about how people show their affection for others and how others' actions make them feel loved and appreciated. And I realised this could absolutely be applied to gifting crafters. So for a little bit of fun, let's have a look at the five love languages and how we can use them to figure out great gift ideas. Some of these were easy A couple were rather tricky, and I'll have some suggestions at the end. It's also helpful to note that most people have more than one of these love languages, which doubles your options in the way that you approach gift giving for them. Number one, gifts. It might sound obvious, but for some people, gifts are a really big deal. When they receive a gift, no matter how grand or how small, they feel very loved indeed. They also love to give gifts and they're probably the person in your life who gave you a gift at an unexpected time because they saw the thing and they thought of you so they got it for you. They are probably very into gift presentation and always turn up with a gift that looks like it's been professionally wrapped and they're the ones I've found who apologize if they feel their gift isn't up to scratch even though they have chosen something perfect that you are going to love. So when you're gifting someone like this, you're in luck. I mean, a physical item is what's needed here. And there are an abundance of crafting things on the market that would likely make them very, very happy. Wrap it up really nicely and they will be overjoyed. Number two, quality time. This is one of my love languages. One of my favorite things in the world is spending time with my favorite people. For the last 10 years, I've had a tea party with my favorite humans for my birthday. I don't want presents. For real, their presence around my table, drinking tea and eating treats and talking the afternoon away is pure bliss for me. That is my gift. I love it more than anything that I could unwrap. Now, it might sound like this is difficult to translate into a gift, but there are some very clever gifts that you can give someone like me. Perhaps you crochet amigurumi and your friend has said that they wish they could learn to do that. Sure, give them the supplies, a crochet hook and some yarn, maybe a book, and your time to teach them. They will love to learn the skills, 
but it's the time they've spent with you that is going to be the real gift for them. Number three, acts of service. This is another one of mine. And I have been gifted some excellent gifts over the year that were acts of service. So this means doing something for somebody. I always say to my husband, if he clears the sink for me, oh, it's the best present ever. He could clear the sink for me and I would love it more than a bunch of flowers. I'm not even kidding. My awesome friend, Marnie, you met her in episode five, talking about the top 10 things you need for quilting. I'll link to that episode in case you missed it. She is the queen of gifting me via acts of service. Now, not only is she a great quilter and a talented long arm quilter, she's also a sewing machine mechanic. One year for Christmas, she serviced my old sewing machine and my overlocker. During the year to come up, I was planning on teaching my girls how to sew. And so I figured it would be great to have the second sewing machine there so both of them could work at once. And she was able to use her skills, her expertise and her time to gift me the service of those two machines. Honestly, that was as good as a large cash gift because I didn't have to pay to have the service done. It didn't actually cost her any money. It just cost her her expertise and her time. Another year, she gifted me her long arm quilting skills and uh, I got a little voucher to have two of my quilt tops quilted. I just give her all the things and she will put them on Charlie the long arm and do all of the quilting for me. Again, this is something that doesn't cost money, just time and expertise. Now, yes, time is valuable and expertise is valuable. But, you know, if you are low on cash, but you have a skill, a gift of service can be really, really good. I just give her the quilt top and the wadding and the backing and the thread that I want used. She shows me and helps me choose a design that I want quilted. And then it comes back to me all done. Now, this is a thing I can't actually do for myself, but she does the long arming. Then all I have to do is trim it up and put the binding on. And I've got a beautiful finished quilt that I can use in my house. So if there is a skill you have, it can make a great gift for a person who appreciates it when someone does something for them. Look, it could be as simple as taking away their box of mending and you could sew on buttons, hem some pants, patch some holes, whatever's in there. Just make sure that you get it back to them really quickly because otherwise they might be needing the things that are in there and that's not really a gift. Someone shouldn't have to nag you for a present, right? Uh, Perhaps you could create a beautiful cake for their birthday celebrations or put together a blank baby scrapbooking album for a baby shower gift or a new baby gift where all they need to do is add photos and write the details and they've got a beautiful album without having to do all of the scrapbooking component. You can actually combine number two and three, the quality time and acts of service quite beautifully if the person you want to gift has been wishing they could tidy up their craft space and get organized. That's something you can do with them or you can do for them. Uh, I did this for my friend Linda many years ago and I think I've talked about it in an episode before but it bears repeating. Uh, My friend Linda was an excellent scrapbooker. She loved her paper crafts um, and we were in a swap group together called Oz Swap Till You Drop. It was a, an old Yahoo group, which should tell you how long ago that was. I remember her saying to me one day uh, in a message or an email or on the group, I can't remember exactly, but she was walking into her craft room and it was just such a mess. 
that she'd just stand there and look at it and sigh and turn around and walk out. And honestly, crafting was a huge escape for her. It was her creative outlet. It kept her sane. And it was devastating to me that she was struggling with this. It weighed on me. It weighed on me a lot because it was a big deal for her. So what I did was I made some arrangements. I jumped in my car. I drove out to Cowra, which is a very long drive from where I live on the Central Coast. And I stayed with her for two nights and I helped her clean up and tidy and organize her craft room. And it was a big job. I will put some before and after photos on the blog post. If you're looking for a transcript of today or the blog post for today, you can go to dawnlewis.com.au backslash podcast 24 and you'll find the photos there. But she felt so much better when it was done. I felt great because I got to spend time with her and I loved her company. I got to meet someone else from our swap group, which was really, really cool. And she started to use it again and she crafted right up until the day she became too ill to do so. And the fact that I, that was a gift that I could give her and that I knew she was a person who appreciated acts of service. Um, I think it's one of my favorite gifts and I didn't even have to put a bow on it. It was great fun. You know, if there is something that you can do as a gift to a friend and you know that that's one of their love languages, they're the person who is always trying to do things for you so that makes them easy to spot, uh, then I recommend it. Ask them if you, look, if you don't know, ask them, do you think this would be a great gift? And if they say yes and get very excited, you know you're on a winner. Number four, words of affirmation. I will confess this one was a little tricky, but it's not impossible. Words of affirmation, that it's not just compliments, although complimenting someone's latest creative masterpiece is an excellent place to start. When it comes to a gift, though, compliments aren't really going to cut it. However, if you were to gift a class or a workshop or a kit or a new tool and then be sure to follow up with them to see how their technique has improved since taking the class or how they tweaked the kit to suit their own style or how that new tool has streamlined their process. That's when the real gift comes. That's when you can use those words to ask them questions and give them compliments and encourage them to keep at it. So Words of affirmation can be complementary to a physical gift. And if you know that person, because that's the person in your life who's telling you how much they love you, they appreciate you, they love to give you compliments. And so that's what to look out for and try doing that in reverse for them. Number five, physical touch. This is the trickiest one of all, but I had some fun with this one. This is the tactile person in your life. You know, they're very hands-on. And when it comes to tactile people, there are some fun things that you can do. My first idea was why not book them into a pottery class? That's very tactile. Or get them a wool felting kit. That's a very tactile craft as well. Look, take them to a cool yarn store. Road trip. Combine that with quality time. Look for gifts that offer a tactile experience. And so many crafts are about texture. So indulge them in something new that complements their favorite craft or introduce them to a new tactile experience. So now that we've looked at how the love languages can come into play, I have some more practical things for you. Let's talk about gift cards. A lot of times people say, oh, I don't want to get a gift card for someone. It's a bit of a cop out. But when it comes to crafters, that's not necessarily true. 
I know that I love a gift card because it means I can choose something that maybe I've been looking at, but I would never buy for myself. Or perhaps I can expand on a collection. So a gift card to a local scrapbooking store was fantastic for me when I was building my Copic collection because it meant I could just go in and buy the colours that I wanted. Also, if I knew the cycle of sales at a store, I could just save that gift card and go in when items were going to be on sale and I could pick up what I wanted and get better value for that same amount of money. I could use it on a class or a workshop or an event. So a gift card, while we kind of think, oh, it feels like a bit of a cop out, a crafter knows what to do with that. I'm just I'm just going to say they can put a gift card to great use. Think about it. If someone gave you a gift card to your favorite store, you know, that's a good thing, right? So don't be afraid to give gift cards. The next thing I would say is questions. Now, seriously, sometimes you can be really subtle. You know, someone's birthday is coming up in a month or two and you're having a conversation. You can say, hey, what are you working on at the moment? Other times you just have to ask straight out and say, hey, what would you like for your birthday? Or what would you like for Christmas? What would make you very happy? However, sometimes we crafters are a little cagey and we go, oh, no, I've got everything I need. I'm quite happy. I don't need anything. I would be one of those crafters. In fact, I'm notoriously difficult to buy for. Everyone tells me so at the moment. See, I'm in this decluttering phase of life. I think I've mentioned that before. And I am very happy with the things that I have. I have enough here. Uh, We're in self-isolation at the moment. The only time I leave the house is to go to the post office or the supermarket uh, or to pick my husband up from work, which is only every second day anyway. So Currently, I'm in my house with my stuff and I don't need to go and buy anything. I have all the crafting things I could ever want. However, I have a lovely friend called Sam and she she did something really sneaky and I'm going to recommend it to you because it worked well and it made me very happy. It was a great gift. So a few years back, Sam asked me if I would do some cross-stitched panels and turn them into custom cushion covers for her goddaughters and her godsons. And I just went, wow, yes. So the deal was that she would buy the pattern and have it sent directly to me. And then I would stitch the design. I got to keep the pattern. I was happy. I got to stitch something new and I didn't have to find anywhere to put it. I mean, hello, that was fantastic. I got the fun of the stitching without the responsibility of finding some something to do with the results. I was able to make it into a fun cushion and the kids really loved them. She wanted to pay me, but you can't pay for cross stitch. That's just, it's damn near impossible. It's very time consuming. I was delighted that I got to keep the pattern. But when we started this, she very, very cleverly sat down with me at my computer and said, show me where are your favorite stores? Which patterns do you like? We were going with fandoms. So I showed her instantly my three favorite stores. I showed her around Pixel Power Designs, Fangirl Stitches and Clouds Factory. They're my three favorites. I'm not affiliated with them at all. I genuinely adore their stuff. I'll link to them in the show notes for you. And so... She was, she's like, oh, show me what you think about this. What's your favorite? And I, then instantly I'm on, on these websites that I love. And I'm like, oh, this one's really cool. And this one's really cool. And uh, she started asking me very subtle questions and got out of me that there was on Clouds Factory, a Harry Potter style sampler of all of the books 
that was a very large chart. Now, it was quite expensive. I would never have bought it for myself, but I showed it to her because she asked me, which ones do you have? What's your favourite one? And so I showed her. I didn't even realise what she was doing. So each time I finished a cushion and delivered it to her so she could wrap it and give it as a gift, within a few days in my inbox turned up a section of this Harry Potter sampler. It turns out she went back to the store and she found out that you could buy the chart all in one or you could buy it in sections. And so each time I finished a project for her, she would gift me with a section and I now have the entire chart. That was very sneaky of her and it was delightful for me. I got to talk nonstop about something I liked. I got to show it to her. I didn't realize at all what was happening. So if you are fishing for information about a craft gift to buy for somebody, ask them, what's your favorite website? What's your favorite store? What's your favorite brand? What's your favorite designer? Show me your favorite book. What's a good book to learn this? Or what's your favorite book for this? Or what is your favorite online store to buy this? So when you are fishing for information about where to even start shopping for a crafter, ask them real casual like, hey, I'm thinking about getting into to the, the crochet amigurumi like you are. Um, where's a good place for me to maybe go buy a book or buy some really nice yarn? Or, you know, I like that yarn I saw you using last week. Can you show me where to get that? I'd like to get some for my mum. You know, that's an acceptable white lie, I think. Ask subtle questions like that. Ask them to show you their favourite online store or local store and that's where you shop for them. And honestly, if they're a regular customer, you could probably even contact the store and ask what kind of things they like. And that would, honestly, if somebody contacted me and said, hey, um, I'm trying to buy a gift for my friend Sam and um, I know she shops with you. I'm not quite sure what to get her. This is my budget. What kind of thing does she usually like? I'd be thrilled to help someone buy a gift for my great customer because I, I know what my customers like and uh, I kind of know what they have as well and what would complement it. So ask questions. The next idea I have for you is kits. Sometimes we love a kit, sometimes not so much. However, even if you have all of the things for your craft, sometimes a kit is a really, really good gift. I have tons of embroidery threads. I have three containers full of embroidery threads. I don't have them all, but I have enough that if it asks for one color and I don't have it, I have one that is incredibly close and will do the job. Although, you know, I do always enjoy an excuse for going and getting some more embroidery threads. But right now, I don't need them. So you would think that there's no way I would ever buy an embroidery kit, but you would be wrong. A couple of years ago, when we went to uh, Supernova, which is like a Comic-Con here in New South Wales and Sydney, I made a conscious decision to support some of my favourite small businesses in Artists Alley. And one of those was Fangirl Stitches because her, her designs are quirky and 8-bit and just delightfully fun. So I hit her website and I had a look at all the options and I knew what I wanted to get. I wanted to get this Princess Leia, all her outfits from the very beginning through to the very end. And I went up to the store 
and she didn't have just the pattern. She only had it in a kit. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to get the kit because that was my job that day. I was supporting my favorite, my favorite store. So I bought this kit. Yeah, I could have just gone home and bought it online and had her ship me the chart only and pulled all of my threads and just started working on it. But it would have taken me a really long time to get around to doing all of that. I would have had to have the right size fabric. And if I didn't have the right size, I would have to go and buy some or order some. And that would take time. And here I had the kit. I had the pattern. I had the fabric. I had all the threads I needed. There was even a tapestry needle in there. Essentially, all I had to do was grab a hoop. And I have a big stack of hoops because I usually have several embroideries going on at any given time. So I grabbed a hoop. And I added it to a zip pouch, although I need a bigger one because it's not quite big enough for my hoop. A pair of scissors. That's it. Add hoop, bag and scissors. And I have everything there. And I started it. I was bored with the cross stitch I was currently working on. And to pull threads for another one, I would have had to pull threads out of the one I was already working on. And then they would be somewhere else. And so no matter which one I picked up, I might not have the color thread that I need. So a kit means I had everything there and I can jump between the two. It's very easy. I just grab the appropriate bag for whichever one I feel like working on and I can work away at it. So buying a kit for someone who already has all the things is still a good idea. Even if they think they don't like it, they, they might get some use out of it. It's very handy for crafting on the go. Something that we might not think of or we might think of it and immediately dismiss it is to make something for the crafter in your life. Often people are hesitant to make things for me because I can pretty much make whatever I want for myself. However, I love a handmade gift. I really, really, really do. If someone were to make me a large zip pouch that I could put this fantastic Princess Leia cross-stitch kit in, I'd be thrilled. Yes, could I make it for myself? Of course I could. Do I have the time right now? Well, I guess I'm in kind of quarantine. So maybe I do have the time, although I'm still quite busy working in my business. But if someone else were to make it for me, oh, I would be so thrilled. I love a handmade gift. It's very precious because I know how much time and effort and love and thoughtfulness has gone into it. And people are often reticent to give a handmade gift to someone who makes things. So don't balk at it. Feel free to make a handmade gift for the crafter in your life, they will probably love it. And if it corresponds to their particular craft, all the better, you know? If you're a card maker, make a whole bunch of cards and present them in a box with envelopes and then they will have what they need when they need it. Handmade cards are an awesome gift. I have some great video tutorials and templates that walk you through all of that. So if you're looking for them, I'll link those in the show notes as well. Now, the last thing I will say is that when you are making a purchase of a gift for a crafter, look for something that has been newly released. Chances are, if it's just come out, they're not going to already have it. So that's a pretty safe bet. So if they're a scrapbooker or a quilter or a knitter or a jewellery maker, whatever their craft is, find a specialty store and ask them what's new, what's a new must-have item, and that will be a safe bet. Now, to the flip side of that, I will also say sometimes people are very, very keen to get their hands on retired items. Certainly in my industry, in the stamping industry, some stamp companies retire things very, very slowly, if at all. 
other stamp companies retire things quite quickly and it can be without notice. And so people may have been thinking, oh, I'd love to get that stamp set. And all of a sudden it's retired before they can get their hands on it. In that case, hit up eBay, check international stockists. I often say that. There are some items that I stock from stamp companies that have closed down, that have been retired, some for quite a long time, just because they're not as popular here in Australia as they are in the US where they came from. So look into small independent stockers of places if your crafter is looking for something that has been retired and that's on their wish list. Gifts can be something that is a tool that they can keep and use over and over. Think crochet hooks, knitting needles, trimmers for the card makers, tools for jewellery makers, rulers for quilters. There are tools for pretty much every craft you can think of. Now a tool is something that is going to be used over and over. But then also disposables. Disposable items are things that get used up constantly. Yarn, pattern paper, cardstock, beads. You're constantly using these things to put into the finished product. So sometimes we like a new tool, something that's easier to use. And sometimes we want a disposable item, something that we're constantly using up. And if we get more of it, we can make a new thing. So that's two options. Also consider education. So we're talking books, resources, courses, workshops. These are educational things that can help you expand and better your skills. So we've got tools and disposables and education or resources that are going to be helpful. It's not just, oh, my friend does crochet. I'm going to buy her a crochet book. Think yarn, think soft grip handle new latest fantastic style of crochet hook think an accessory that goes with it like a bag she can store things in and carry with her like a subscription to a magazine like a a gift certificate to her favorite pattern store on Etsy these are all fantastic gifts but here's the thing when gifting a crafter expect that they're going to get very excited when you really hit that perfect gift and they might just make something for you for your next birthday. Thanks so much for joining me in the craft room today. You can find links and other information about today's episode in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. I'd really appreciate that. I do hope you have a very crafty day and I will see you next time. Bye for now.